the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Hi family, this is Ron Geyer with more End Time Insights. Thanks for listening. I get so excited when people tell me that they heard me on the radio. I had a former customer from my roofing company call up and he goes, Ron, I heard you on the radio the other day. So I know there's one listening and that was really encouraging. Then I met somebody in church yesterday and they said, hey, I heard you on the radio. So I'm all excited. I appreciate the opportunity that God gave me to do this. Today, I actually had wanted to speak to you guys about Romans chapter 1. But just like Jude, where God said, no, the Holy Spirit checked him. I want you to talk about something else. I figure I need to talk about the coronavirus today. So we're going to call this one Combating Corona. And I'm not going to go into telling you any medical descriptions or stuff like that. You've heard that. You you probably got it down pat about the numbers and the chances and everything. I did want to hit it from a spiritual side. I want to give you the church view, the church position on this. And I want to give you a scripture. Very, very important that you understand what's going on. It's in John 10.10. 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that they may have life, and they may have life more abundantly. That's Jesus talking. And a companion verse over in First John 3, 8, For this purpose was the Son of God manifested, to destroy the works of the evil one. So I think it's important, actually I think it's imperative that you understand that this virus is not sent from God. I do not consider this virus a judgment of God. I believe it plainly came from Satan. He came to kill, he came to steal, and he came to destroy. And the anti-American, anti-God, anti-Christian forces that are arrayed under Satan right now, they are using this. They have banded together. They have done everything that they can to put fear into the hearts of Americans. And the purpose of that is to create an economic collapse, which at the best case for them would destroy our economic system or economy. And we need to be wise to that, to what's going on. So we need to understand this disease is from the enemy. It's not from God. And yet people are using it to create fear in our nation. And we see that by the fact that people are running out and buying stuff and they're going crazy. Every day you turn on the news and there's another suggestion or mandate from the Center of Disease Control or from the World the World Health Organization or even from our government telling us what we can't do. You can't assemble more than 200 people. You can't have an assembly of more than 50 people. You got to watch this way. You got to do this. It's so important that we understand that there's fear mongering. It actually has a greater potential to cause harm to our nation than the actual virus. Actually, this virus, I know as we do this, 50 or 70 people have passed away. God have mercy on their families. And I know I think the current number is like there's less than three or 4,000 cases in America. 
those numbers are small. The virus is lightweight. The big fear is that they don't really have a cure for it, but they don't have a cure for the common cold, and they give you flu shots, but lots of times they don't work. So I would say that this is in the same category. This is not anything that we can rely on the medical community to solve at any time in the near future. But we need to make sure that we are not falling for the fear-mongering, which is so presently in our nation. At the end of the day, ultimately, the fear-mongering, it's designed to remove President Trump from office. They know, and by they, I mean the anti-God crowd, they know that they can't beat President Trump in November at the election box. That's pretty much a given. Uh, He's done so well. And the linchpin of his success has been what? It's been the economy. Americans have been so thrilled. I think they did a survey recently, and they were asking people if they were pleased with their station in life. And I think the number was like 90%, 92% said they were pleased. And, well, you know, the anti-God crowd, they can't have that. And so they will do anything. I'm not saying that the anti-God crowd manufactured this disease. I'm not saying that's beyond the realm of possibility. I'm just telling you that they are using it for their benefit. The virus environment that we have now, that the virus environment itself actually poses very little risk to Americans. But the fear environment is what's affecting our nation so negatively. You've got to understand that. So as people of faith, as people of the church, as people who have a relationship with the living God, with the risen Savior, Jesus Christ, we have been given authority. We've been given something that we can do about the fear that's prevalent in our nation. And we as a church group need to come together and start exercising our authority. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But the idea behind this fear-mongering, it, it's basically it's because we're losing our freedoms, because it's assaulting us in our pocketbook, which is very dear to us, it's about breaking the independent spirit of the American people. It's about replacing that feeling of contentment and peace and prosperity, replacing those feelings with a feeling of fear and putting all the blame on our president. They know they can't win the election. So this is just a plan B in their ongoing onslaught to remove him from office. Through the tactic of medical bullying is what I call it. You know, Trump could have done anything. uh, And because of his high rating, his approval rating, his excellent job in so many areas, he basically is almost impervious to the assaults. We've seen the, the Russian thing fall away, the impeachment over the phone call. That was defeated. They've been after him ever since he got elected because he represents righteousness. Understand this. It's not the godly crowd, although there are some in churches who don't understand God's calling and God's anointing on our president. But basically, it's the anti-God crowd interested in taking down our president. And they are constantly looking for ways. And when this virus came up, it was just another opportunity for them to do this. And the medical bullying that I'm talking about, you know, you can do a lot of things, but you cannot put people at risk for their health. You know, these Democrats, these anti-God people, they know that if you start messing with people's health, they're going to draw the line there. And even though Trump may be right in his analysis that this is a lightweight flu virus, even though he may be right in the fact that, hey, we're losing, what was I think, uh, 27,000, 50,000, 60,000, even 70,000 people a year die from the flu. And in America, that number is still under 100. He cannot uh, make light of that. He cannot give it extreme concern because that's the environment that the left, that the politically 
anti-God crowd has created in our nation. So anything less than an exhibition of grave concern, of seriousness and uh, knee-jerk reaction to respond in the manner that will satisfy their fear-based understanding, anything less than that is going to paint him as a man of lacking of compassion and void of leadership skills. And that's what this is all about. You know, through their tactic of medical bullying of our president, they've kind of pushed him into a corner. And I'm sure he hated declaring a state of emergency. There is no state of emergency. Get that in your brain. Okay. The amount of people that die from the flu, that get sick from the flu, is exponentially far greater than those that are being affected by this uh, current coronavirus. And yet the World Health Organization, the UN, the medical experts that have been drudged up that actually work for the deep state, uh, they will hang him out to dry if he does anything but declare the state of emergency to fund this with as much money as possible, to go ahead and take every precaution that they can possibly come up with in an attempt They're doing this. They are taking away your freedoms. They are taking away your liberties. They are taking away your faith. They are bringing fear into play. And they've got this nation turned upside down. They have got us brought to a standstill. And unfortunately, he's got to go ahead and he's got to play by those rules right now. So we need to be praying for our president. President Trump, he stood for us. He stood with us. He protected us. He overturned the Johnson Amendment. He's gone ahead and he's fighting tooth and nail to defund Planned Parenthood as he attempts to save our children in the womb. He's done everything right. He's protecting us from illegal immigration. He's brought us back to a booming economy. He's put great conservative Christian judges on the courts. He's done a fantastic job. He has kept his promises. And yet he's done all that. And the church has been silent. We've not done anything. Well, he's had our back. Now it's time that we have his back. We need to come in riding on our white horses and say, we've got your back, President Trump. We'll fight with you. We'll stand with you. We will deal with this in the realm of the spirit. He's done everything he can. So that brings us to the question, what can we do? Well, first, we can exercise our spiritual authority, our spiritual dominion, our spiritual power over the actual disease. Truly, I tell you, Whatever you, this is Matthew 18, 18, 19. Truly, I tell you, whatever you forbid and declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit or allow and declare to be proper and lawful on earth must be what is already permitted in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two believers on earth agree about anything that they shall ask within the will of God, it will be done for them by my Father which is in heaven. Now, you know who said that. In my Bible, this is written in red. This is Jesus talking. And so he's given instructions to the disciples and he's telling them, look, guys, you have the authority to allow stuff on earth and you have the ability, the authority to forbid stuff on earth. Just so long as you recognize you can only do this when something is forbidden or allowed in heaven. Now, we know that there is no sickness or disease or sin in heaven. So we know we have authority over that because Jesus came to destroy the work of the devil. We also know that Jesus died for our sins. And we know that upon his shoulders, the Bible talks about the seat of government is upon him. Isaiah 53, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace is upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. God's got a bucket list at the top of that bucket list found in John. Above all things, I wish that you prosper and 
and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So we know that sickness and disease, it was Jesus died for that as well as for our sins. So we know then that we have an opportunity to pray and forbid that to happen in the earth because it's not allowed in heaven. We can come against that according to the words of Jesus Christ. So we need to take these scriptures and put them into a prayer. So I did that on Facebook. I've been posting daily. You know, I say, Lord, what can I do about this? You know, we've got a couple of hundred people that pay attention to what we write on Facebook. And I said, okay, I'm going to put some posts down there. I'm going to keep them simple. I call them uh, like today, whatever, t- Tuesday's coronavirus update. And then I don't give you the bad news that the world has given you. I give you the good news. I put out scriptures that can bring us into a place of coming into agreement as we battle against this disease. Lord God, King of heaven and King of the earth, we declare that the deception being played upon the American people to be improper and unlawful. We declare that the lying spirit over our nation is improper and unlawful. We know that deception and lying is improper and unlawful in heaven. Therefore, it is within our jurisdiction to forbid this assault. We forbid the deception about the dangers from this virus. We forbid the lies being spread about the virus. And we forbid and we come against and we rebuke the fear and the panic caused by those lies. We as a body come into agreement that this is your will, Father, and we know that you, our Father, will bring it to pass in Jesus' name. Amen. So that's how we as a body come together dealing with this disease, dealing with the lies that are brought about, which has created the crisis in America. So the first thing we can do, we take authority over this disease in the realm of the Spirit. The second thing that we can do is we can come against the lies from the enemies of righteousness by telling the nation, the truth. How do you fight lies? With the truth. What is our only protection against deception? The truth. Jesus said, you're going to know the truth and the truth is going to set you free. The truth about what? Well, I'm going to know the truth that Jesus Christ died for my sin. I'm going to know the truth that he went to hell. He paid my penalty, that he was risen from the dead on the third day, that he sits at the right hand of God to ever make intercession for me. And he sent his Holy Spirit to live inside me. That's the truth. But there are also truths that walk with us through our lives on a daily basis. For instance, we know that the lies being propagated by the media, especially, and the Democrats and some not-so-conservative Republicans, we know that those are designed to destroy our economy so that Trump will not be reelected. The Bible says in Psalms, Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and a deceitful tongue. The Bible says a lying tongue hates those, I think this is Proverbs 26, the lying tongue hates those that it wounds and it crushes and it destroys. You got to understand that when people lie to you, they hate you. I've talked about this scripture throughout. When you are being lied to, it's because that person not only doesn't respect you or doesn't like you, the Bible says because they hate you. The Greek word is maseo, M-I-S-E-O. It's the strongest word in the Bible for hatred. It's an abhorrence. When people lie to you, that is what they feel about you. The Bible also says death and life is in the power of the tongue. The lip of truth shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is just for a moment. So these are scriptures that we post so people can understand that what's happening to them is not of God. It says once again, deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and a deceitful tongue. Therefore, Father God, we pray that you will deliver those who are under the voice, under the influence, being manipulated by the lying tongue of the media, of the left wing, of the political parties in America, of those, the anti-God crowd, the anti-Trump crowd, the anti-church crowd. We pray, Father God, that you would deliver our souls 
from their lying lips and their deceitful tongues, Father God. Your words state that their goal is to harm us and to crush us and to destroy us. In agreement with your word, therefore, Father, we ask that you deliver us as a nation, as a people from this deceit and from the people who promote this deceit. While they seek the death of America, as we know it, don't forget, they're trying to change us into a socialistic government instead of a representative republic. That's how we were founded. There are certain people like Trump and other Republicans like Jim Jordan and Mark Meadows and Louis Gomer right here in Texas, Ted Cruz, that are trying to protect our Constitution, trying to defend us as a representative republic. And socialists, the young kids that are being brought into the schools, the millennials that don't know any better, the far left of the Democrat Party, they are trying to change our form of government. Obama plainly told us we are going to radically transform America. That is still the goal of those who are promoting the anti-God, anti-Christ form of one world government. In order to do that, they must destroy America. And so we are fighting against that right now. Trump is our leader. He's doing a great job, but now it's our time to have his back. So while they seek the death of our nation, Father God, the Bible says life and death is in the power of the tongue. Actually, it's death and life is in the power of the tongue. While they seek to destroy our nation, Father God, we speak life over America, Father God. Satan came to kill. Jesus came to bring life. The words of Christ in the mouth of his church shall be established forever, Father God. But the lies from the devil, the Bible said the lying tongue is just for a moment. There's none like you, Lord, over all the earth. We just praise your name. You alone are God. This is in your hands. And we, as your representative on the earth, the church, we go to bat for America. We go to bat for our nation. We go to bat for our president, Father God. We are united in Christ in the church. You know, one of my prayers all the time, uh, that God would allow great men to stand up and lead us. We need leaders. We need strong men. I love Franklin Graham. You know, he's going through a living hell right now. I don't know if he's back from Britain or not, but he had engagements in there. He's going to preach the gospel. And, you know, he tells the whole gospel. He calls out sin. He is not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord God. He knows that it is the power of God unto salvation. And when he was over there, he was speaking out against homosexuality as he should, as Jesus would today if he was walking the earth. And so he was speaking that out. Well, what happened was the venues over there, they canceled him. They came together because they didn't want the controversy. They were scared, too. And that's what happens when you have a man or woman stand up for Christ, speaking boldly the truths of Christ. And they canceled all of his uh, meetings. And so I don't know whether he's back yet or not, but that is Satan's assault on him. We need him back here. We need somebody to lead this charge that goes on and gets another half a dozen leaders in America, maybe people like Dr. Jeffers, the guy who's in charge of the Baptist, who's ever in charge of the Methodists, who's ever in charge of the other churches in here, the Pentecost and the Assemblies of God, Lutherans, whatever, Episcopalians. We need these guys to get together, go down to Washington, get some airtime, and tell the American people the truth about this disease, that yes, it's a real disease. Yes, it's a small disease. Yes, it's not a deadly disease in the terms of losing 30 and 40,000 people a year to the flu. 2,200 people a day die from heart disease in America. I mean, this is stuff we need to be up in alarm about. Oh, did I mention the 60 million children that were murdered in their womb? You want to get excited? You want to get angry about something? You want to get fearful about the judgment that's ahead of us? This is the stuff we need to be dealing with, not these minor issues here that have got us distracted that are being used by the left to destroy our nation. The third thing that we can do is we can come out into the realm of the spirit. And we can battle the spirit of fear. We can come against the spirit of fear. 
You all know the scripture. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but one of power and of love and a sound mind. That sound mind basically is translated disciplined mind, a disciplined body, a disciplined spirit, a disciplined soul. We need to have discipline. We need to control our emotions. We need not let the left or the media tell us how we feel. You know, the Bible talks about in Psalm 1, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So many of us are walking in the counsel of the ungodly. Well, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. If you listen to this stuff, it's influencing you. It's destroying you. Don't forget, the Bible talked about the lying tongue destroys those that it ministers to. It hates you. And when you listen to this stuff day in and day out, whether you know it or not, your mind, your thoughts are being changed. You're becoming a different person. Your attitudes are conforming to the words that you're hearing, even when they are lies. You may think, well, I'm not receiving that. Oh, yes, you are. They go down into spirit. Words are spirit. The word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing asunder the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. The word of God is the discerner and the thoughts of the heart. Jesus said, my words are spirit. They are life to all those that find them. Words are spirit and you have a spirit and they speak directly to your spirit. You've got to be so careful what you allow to come into your spirit, man. So in Luke 10, 19, great scripture, Jesus says, behold, behold, that's like, wow, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all of the power of the enemy. And look at this, and nothing shall by any means harm you. Okay, Jesus said, I'm giving you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. Lying spirits are definitely serpents and scorpions. And over all of the power of the enemy. We have dominion. We have power over all of the power of the enemy. Not some of the power of the enemy. We have power over all of the power of the enemy. And as we exercise this power, the Bible says, nothing shall by any means harm you. I am not scared to come out in the realm of the spirit and deal with this fear. I am not scared to come out and challenge this disease and commanded to bow its knee at the mention of the name of Jesus Christ. And with this fear dealing issue, the Bible says fear has torment. The Bible says God will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. That's outstanding. You need to go ahead and get your mind stayed on God. How do you do that? By reading the Bible, by praying, by talking to God, by fellowshipping with the saints. I'm telling you, if your church is open, you need to go there. We had a wonderful service at West Houston Christian Center yesterday, Pastor Jack and Michelle Pigeon. They did a wonderful job explaining to us about what's going on and how we cannot let fear have dominion in our lives. So we're going to attack the spirit of fear. We rebuke fear associated with the coronavirus. We exercise dominion over the power of fear. We release the power in the name of Jesus on this fear and this virus. This is in the jurisdiction of the body of Christ. Furthermore, no harm shall come to us as we engage this enemy. Father, we thank you for the authority of your word. Now, let me say this, because this is really, really important. We are fighting this in the realm of the spirit. And if we are not walking in the spirit, remember, Paul says walk in the spirit. What spirit? The spirit of love, the spirit of power, the spirit of faith, the spirit of truth. You've got the spirit of truth living inside you. Paul says you need to walk in the spirit. If you are not walking in the spirit, if you are walking carnally, if you're doing things you shouldn't do, if you're listening to stuff you shouldn't listen to, if you're hanging with people you shouldn't be hanging to, then what happens is you no longer are walking in the spirit. You are walking in the flesh. In order to 
war, W-A-R, war in the spirit, you must be walking in the spirit. We don't battle against flesh and blood, but our battle is with spiritual wickedness in high places. And the Bible says the weapons of our warfare, we got warfare, man. We're in a warfare and we've got weapons. The weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they are mighty. They are so mighty that they can pull down strongholds. We can pull down the stronghold of fear in America, but we've got to be walking in the spirit. We've got to learn how to exercise our spiritual rights. But if you're walking in the flesh, you cannot war in the spirit. So important. So important. Second Thessalonians. Let's see that talking about uh, the restraining power. That's the last thing I want to talk about. Do I have time for that? Oh, briefly. You know, our a charge in the Bible is to restrain evil. Second Thessalonians. Paul was telling the saints, hey, look, man, I've told you about this before. You are assigned. You will probably also remember how I used to talk about a restraining power, which would operate until the time that you come for the emergence of the Antichrist. Evil is already insidiously at work, but its activities are restricted until what I've called the restraining power of God is removed. As long as the church is here, there is an authority on the earth to come against fear, to come against sickness, sin, and disease. But we have got to become united. We've got to walk in the spirit so we can war in the spirit. We've got to preach the word. We've got to obey the word. We've got to come in harmony with one another. It's so important. We have authority here. We have jurisdiction here. And it is on us to defend our president, defend our nation, and defend the people that are being deceived. I'm going to I think I'm going to get to Romans 1 next week. That was my goal. But we love you guys. We pray for you guys. Don't be fearful. Trust God. And we'll see you next week. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net.